children. Good to see children. And uh, what, what was I saying the other night? Uh, I think it was a Wednesday night I was talking about children. Is that right? Or was it during, it might have been Sunday morning. I can't remember now. But, you know, in the King James Bible, children, just that word, is in the Bible 1,804 times. Children. But think about all the times you, you see little ones. You, that's all through the Bible as well. So you might have to sit down and add all those up and see how many. You know, just uh, sons, daughters, little ones, children. And then, uh, you know, it's when we were doing First John. It's a few weeks ago. But, uh, yes, we need little children here at this church. So we are very happy that they're here. And uh, today, we're going to uh, get back to Hebrews 11. So we have been going through the book of Hebrews, and we've been at 11 for a good while, because that is the, the, the hall of faith. You know, we have halls of fame here on this earth, and people you know, do great things, and they get inducted into the hall of fame whether it's some musical thing or football, baseball, we got all these halls of fame. Well, this here is the hall of faith, and all of these great names are here, and we've already talked about Abel, uh, we've talked, you know, which he's the positive one, and then we have to talk about Cain, who chose wrongly. We talked about Enoch, and... I could spend so much time on each and every one of these. So we're at Noah now, and there's one verse here, and notice it's verse 7. In verse 7, I, pay, I, I will pay close attention to certain numbers, as you know, if you've heard me preach much at all. Uh, numbers are significant even in the chapters and the verses, which wasn't even in the originals. But God knew one day how our Bibles were going to be laid out. And um, every word is important. Every single word. Not only is every word important, every letter is important. Do you hear that? Every single letter is important in the Bible. And you, you, as we go through this, uh, you, you'll, you'll, you'll see it. Okay. All right. Hebrews 11, verse 7 says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Not seen as yet. So, if you were given the future in detail, this, this right here is how it's going to happen, and you see it all play out then anybody would believe it. Anybody would go along with that because they've seen it with their natural human eyes. But Noah was told something, and he believed it. He hadn't seen any of the evidence of it yet. Now, what, remember the first verse of, of 11. The, this is the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1. look over there. It says, now faith is the substance. Now that's something. 
sub would be your foundation, and then you build on that. So faith is really important because, and who you have faith in is very important. Don't, don't depend, depend too much and have too much confidence in the faith you have in yourself. Don't, don't have too much faith in the people you know, but where's your faith focused on? Is it focused on Jesus Christ? Is he, is he the rock? Is he the foundation of your beliefs? So that's where our faith needs to be, be looking at. Uh, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that is something that we have been told by the Holy Scriptures, and that hope is sure, and we know it's going to happen one day because we believe it, because we figured out that what God says is true, right? And we can count on it. Even when everybody out there is, is uh, criticizing us and laughing at us that Jesus said he's coming back, he's not back yet. And we just keep on living our life and we're looking for him. We're, we're, we're uh, expecting him at any moment. See, Noah was building that big boat out in an area that had no water anywhere near it, and he was told by God that this is going to happen. There's going to be a flood, there's judgment coming, and you need to build an ark. And he gave them the dimensions of it, and he started building it, and God had already said that uh, there's going to be 120 years left, and then judgment's going to come, get this boat built. And the Bible says that, that Noah was moved with fear, and he started building. When you believe what the Word of God says, it, it, uh, you will, when you truly believe it, you will act out in some way. You will do the things the Bible tells you to do if you truly believe it. Now, there are many people who hear about Jesus, hear about His free gift, and they're like, that's nice, I'm glad He did that. And they just walk right on by the gift and leave it laying on the table. There's way too many people that do that. They have a genuine belief that there is a Jesus, but they have not taken that gift to themselves. If, if you are giving something that you don't really care that much about, you, you might say, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me, that is great, and you, you leave it and you go off and do whatever and it just sits there. You may not even open it. But if that gift really means something to you, you will take it, you will cherish it, and you will keep it with you everywhere you go. I really feel like that is where our church is today. I'm talking ch not this church, I'm talking about the church in general throughout this country. The gift has been offered, and we're like, that's just so sweet and so nice, and we leave it there, and we go on. There's so many people who call themselves Christians, and the world looks at them and go, they're no different than me. I don't know how many times I hear people say, why would I go to the church? They're all a bunch of hypocrites. They say this one thing and then they're living life like sometimes even worse than the people who don't go to church. And we see examples of it all the time. 
And it's sad that we don't honor God and want to... I mean, just think about your family. And you have a, a, a father and he's brought you up, and you go out and you do all these bad things, you bring a bad name to your family, to your family's name. And you should feel guilty about doing things that would cause shame to your mother and your father. And we need to be a people who don't want to bring shame to our Heavenly Father. We should want to live the way the Bible instructs us to live. This is a whole list of people who believed and not just believe as, yeah, I believe that, because I see it over there, I believe that it's over there, but to truly believe Jesus Christ. Wanting Him to be the person who comes into your life that changes you so that you're not the same old man that you used to be. You, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a new creature in Christ. That's what we're looking for. And sometimes we have to get to a point where we understand that we could spend so much time trying to fix ourselves, trying to fix this flesh that if you go to God with this flesh and say, God, will you fix this? He'll just, I'm not into that business. I don't fix dirty, rotten flesh. I crucify it. Now, we've been talking about, we've been going through Deuteronomy on Wednesday night, so we, we were in Deuteronomy 30, and we got to that scripture that said that he would circumcise their hearts. See, there's something, we, we can believe things with our intellect, with our minds, but do we believe them with our heart? And there's something in the way, and it's this flesh that we walk around in, that is in the way of walking in the Spirit. And we're so fleshly-minded and we let that drag us down and keep us from getting, getting to where we need to be spiritually, and I, I fear that we, we try so hard to tame the flesh. We try to make it do the things we want it to do, and we fail over and over again, and we get discouraged, and we're just, we don't have, we, we're trying for happiness, but we really need joy that only comes from the Lord. So, if we believe what the Word of God says, it says that the old man is crucified. That flesh that you might want to take to Jesus and, or to God and say, look, I need this fixed, he'll say no. We cut it away and we discard it so that you can live a spiritual life. Well, that sounds painful. You know, we're, we're sinners and we deserve death. And when we go to God with our flesh and he says, that's got to die. Well, that don't sound good. Well, that's the only way. Okay. Go ahead and then kill me. And he'll say, no, we don't have to go through that. Because Jesus came down here in a body of flesh. He was born of a virgin, so he was completely human, but yet he didn't have any of man's blood in him, but he had God's blood in him. And that is pure, uncorruptible blood. So he was 100% God, he was 100% human at the same time, and he had to be to be a perfect sacrifice for us. He willingly went to the cross for us. 
and He willingly allowed all of our sins to be placed on Him, and He died as a sinner even though He had never sinned. He was, he, he, he was made to be sin so that we could be called righteous. We didn't deserve that. We did not deserve it. We don't deserve it at all to be called righteous, but if we are in Jesus and His blood has cleansed us, then we can confidently say we are righteous because of what He did. All right, so, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, not seen. We were talking about this Wednesday night. All of those things that you can't see are the ones that mean the most. If you are truly born again, you've been washed with the blood of Jesus, right? Okay? That has not been seen. No one actually took the blood and, and, and washed you off with it. You, it's something you believe with your heart. You being crucified. You, be, you being buried with Jesus. Romans 6 says you are, when you believe, you're baptized into His baptism, into His death. So you, can't, you don't have any video evidence of that. And it also says that if you were baptized into His death, then you have been raised up with Him, and you don't have evidence of that other than how you live your life and, 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 and uh, believe what you believe. You're different than what you used to be. That's the only evidence that's there. But you don't have any physical evidence to show anybody because faith, true faith, is in Jesus, and it is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Now back over to 7, talking about Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world. What? Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached and you know what? Sometimes he may have even went around and talked to people. He, he might have even used words in preaching. But how did he preach to the world? He built a huge boat. Every day he worked on it. And that was preaching a sermon by his actions. After a while, when he first started, people probably laughed at him. And, he, and then after about 50 years, and he's still working on it and building it, people started going, I think he really believes it. I think he really believes that there's going to be some crazy flood, and nobody could see how that could happen. But man, this crazy guy actually believes it. People should say that about us when we are truly born again. They should laugh at us at, at the start, yeah, yeah, we've heard that before. You'll be right back partying with us here next week. Yeah, you just got all emotional at church one day, and you, you, and then you don't go do those things you used to do. You're a different person. After a while, they're like, wow, I think he really does believe in all that stuff. That's when your witness will become strong, when people see that you're a new creature, and you're actually living out what you say you believe. Notice, when you are a good example of a Christian, people will try to pull you back down to where they are. The world can't stand 
the true righteousness that is from God. Because Noah believed, he acted on his belief, he was moved with fear, and anybody around him that did not do what he did were condemned by what he did do. Does that make sense? When you see somebody overcoming, the world don't like it. Because that's proof that they can overcome too. When somebody truly believes that the Word of God and they're living a godly life, other people are like, there's proof that it can be done and I'm not measuring up and I feel bad about it. You're convicted. You're condemned by, by people who really believe. And here's the last part of that verse. And became heir. Notice every word is important. He became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, if you inherit, so if you're an heir, that means you're inheriting something. Now, people will say that, uh, well, Noah earned his righteousness by what he did. No, he was the heir of righteousness. See the, the difference there. He, he did nothing to get the righteousness to start with, other than believe God. Now, we got people that are just way off, and they're so committed to faith without works and no, nothing involved in your salvation, and they get so extreme in it that even after uh, becoming saved, they won't do anything because they're scared that somebody might say, well, you're, you're doing works to keep your salvation. I mean, it's, it's that bad to one extreme one way. Now, there's others over here that, that don't have any confidence in their salvation, and they're doing all kinds of good stuff trying to get saved. Now, you know that I've said this many, many times. I've, when I'm, what's coming out of my mouth today, I have said it many times. But what I have found out is that people don't hear things right. I can send a text to my son and he misses one key word that's, that is there. And by the way he responds, I know that he did not carefully read what I sent him. Right? He, he texted back yes. And I went, that was not a yes or no question. Right? So I know right then, he didn't catch all the words. And, I've, and my wife's back there, so I can talk bad about her right, right now. Uh, when I, I've said many times, I speak to her, I say words to her, and I, I say many words, and she hears every other word. And that's dangerous when people only hear every other word. It's like, I did not, you know, do, but I did that. You know, if you, if you miss not, I'm in big trouble, okay? I was listening to somebody trying to explain uh, once uh, I was arguing with this preacher because he said, once saved, always saved. And I'm, and I'm going, but what he, was, what he meant was is that he hears people talk about going up to the altar and saying a sinner's prayer because they're scared of going to hell one day and they want some fire insurance and then they go back out into the world and live, live the same old life they always live. 
And so they're saying just because they walked up and the preacher prayed with them and they said a sinner's prayer that they actually got saved. And I understand why he thinks that way because when I was growing up, that's what all you had to do was actually get up and walk down here and say a sinner's prayer and you were good. I told y'all about going to uh, Jerry Falwell's camp when I was a kid. That camp probably got taken out in flood of 85. It was, it was on an island in Lynchburg, right in the middle of the James River. And that's what I saw the same kid. We were there for the whole week. I saw the same kids get up every single night at the end of the uh, sermon and the things that they were doing. And it was just very emotional. A lot of things were. And I saw the same kids. So th this one kid right here, he got saved five times in one week. When you can only truly get saved once. But they, they, they thought that that's how you did it. And then they walked out of there going, I'm no different. I'm, I did, nothing really changed. And then they come back the next night and they do it all over again. And I just remember sitting out there going, something's not right with this. Something is just not right with this. So now, you know, I understand why people have the thoughts they have and the beliefs they have because they're, they don't hear it right. So I keep saying it over and over again, hoping people will get it. Now, if you've got it and it, you're good, I'm just helping you to understand that when you're out in this world, how, when you tell somebody about the gospel story, you need to say it again. And did you hear me right? Ask questions and let them answer. You really need to ask questions. You need to, be, you need to ask somebody, say, all right, explain to me your salvation. Explain it to me. How did you get it? And let them talk to you about it. And you'll start to realize that they might have some totally off-the-wall beliefs that just don't line up with Scripture. You should be able to explain your salvation to people in a way that they understand that's not by, you don't deserve it, you're just an heir. An heir Noah was an heir of this righteousness. So what do you, if you're an heir, you didn't do any work to get that, that is coming to you, right? You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it, you didn't work for it, but yet you're an heir, you got it anyway. Okay? Beautiful wording in the Word of God. I'm not surprised. Okay? Uh, and it's by faith. That is the righteous, that, that kind of righteousness, the imputed righteousness that God gives us when we believe. That's what you want. And it, you, got, you have to be like Noah in that you believe what your Heavenly Father says to you. And people know you really believe by the things you end up doing. And you, you see people, when they, when they have a life-changing experience with their Lord, they start to do things different. You, you, you just see it. They fall in love with the Word of God. They want to read the Word of God. They want to know more about God. They spend more time in prayer. They, those things happen, okay? They're not trying to do those things. They just want to do those things. Loving your neighbor, you know, so many people think that if they treat everybody good, then that'll get them into heaven. That's one of the greatest commandments, right? So they go around trying to treat their neighbor as themselves, and that's great. It's wonderful. 
You'll have a better society if you, if you have that belief. But you'll go around your whole life treating everybody good and then wake up in hell and go, where did I go wrong? Well, you forgot to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. You forgot Him. And you were trying to do all these things to check off all the good things you did so that surely you would be accepted in heaven. But you missed Jesus. You missed the shed blood of Jesus. You, you missed the, the gift. You left it sitting on the table so you can go do all these good things. Don't leave the gift. Take it. Okay, uh, now, the Word of God is precious. The Holy Scriptures, you can believe them. So read it. Please pick up your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Don't leave it up to the preacher to teach you everything about the Bible. I love doing it. I love it. But if you're not changing into a person that wants to have a relationship with God yourself, then I'm failing. I'm here to introduce you to Jesus Christ, and that's why I'm here. And then I help equip you to go out into a hurting world to change the world. You know, we got, <laughs> we've got a mess in this country. It's a big mess. But it's still better, so much better than a lot of other places of the world. And why? Why is America so much better than a lot of other places? I mean, we got people who have moved here to this country from all over the world, and they've left some really bad things, and they come here, and now they see this country doing the very same things that their countries used to do that got them in such a bad wreck. And they're going, no, 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 don't mess this up. I just left all of that to come here, but why would this country be better than other places it's only because we have a bunch of people who believed in the Bible. And we wanted to, to, to honor our Heavenly Father. We believe the Word of God. That's why we're better. Well, it's been taken out of almost everything in our life. And we wonder why things are starting to crumble. Look, there's no, uh, party, a there's no political party that's going to fix anything. Now, I think there's some that make things worse than others, but there's still, it's all about man. It's about counting on people when we need to look at the Lord. If every individual person had a true life-changing experience with their Lord, then it doesn't matter what's, what kind of terrible, unethical law that might be there, you wouldn't do it anyway. All right, it's legal to kill. If somebody says, okay, it's legal to kill people, if you're a Christian, it doesn't matter how legal it is, you're not going to go do it. We can make a law. It's, a, it's, it's perfectly fine to lie all you want. A Christian's not going to go do it. It doesn't matter what's legal if it's unethical if it's not moral, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, you're not going to do it anyway. But it's sad that our country has laws that protect evil things. And we do need to stand up for those who suffer because of it. Now what happened 
We're almost done. I'm not going to get into some of the other things that I was wanting to get to, so come back next week and uh, bring more with you. But we are going to, I do want to show you something in Genesis. That is, that's where this story comes from, right? Everything we've read so far has been in Genesis, and until we get all the way to uh, chap, uh, verse 22 of, of, of 11, we've got, uh, it's all Genesis. Notice that. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1 through 22. How many letters are there in the Hebrew alphabet? Anybody know? Might be 22. But, so, 22 is a very significant number in the Bible. So let me show you something in, uh, in Genesis. The story of Noah is in Genesis. And turn to chapter 6. I'm just going to read just a little bit here and then we'll be done. Starting with verse 5 of, of chapter 6, it says... And God saw the wickedness of man. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord. What? The Lord changed his mind about making people on this earth. It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8, but. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace. Way back here in Genesis, we have grace. Without that grace, we have nothing. Over in Hebrews, it said that it said that Noah was told something. He was given something by God, and that was a warning that judgment was coming. And he believed God, right? Well, God didn't have to tell him anything. God could have stopped at verse 7 and said, I'm destroying everything. Notice, each and every one of us deserves death and hell forever, right? If you can't first admit that, there's a problem. I mean, the best person in the world who outdoes everybody else needs to fall on their face before a mighty holy God and say, I have come short. And accept this same grace right here that Noah accepted. But God, but, but Noah found grace, and I pray that each and every one of you will find that grace. When you get over to, if you read this story, you're going to see where God talks about building an ark, and he, he says that, you and your family, that God said, come into the ark. And then when you get to seven, seven, I love the number seven. Look at the first verse of seven. It says, and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. 
Notice he says, come. Why would God say, come into the ark? So if I want someone, if there's a boat out there, and I see that boat out there, and I say, all right, you need to go into that boat. And it, they would go away from me and go into that boat, right? God said, come into the ark. God was in that ark, and he wanted the people to come to him, get nearer to God in his protection. Now, unfortunately, most new versions of the Bible don't do that. They say, go into the ark. Just saying. Another reason why I love the King James Bible and have total confidence in it. God wants you to come closer to him, not push you away. Come to your Lord. He's asking you to come. That ark is a very protective place. And you go into that ark, you have come to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would have ears to hear, eyes to see, that you would help us to understand your ways. Father, your ways are so much greater than our ways. And Father, we need your help to see those things. Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. Father, for him taking our place on that cross that we deserved. But Father, you made a way for us to escape by providing the Lamb of God to shed that innocent blood, that perfect, pure, heavenly blood. And Father, we know that there is power in that blood. Wonder working power. And Father, we're so thankful for it. And Father, we are very grateful for that grace that you have given us. And Father, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it at all, but Father, you have offered it to us anyway. And that is amazing. Absolutely amazing that you would give us that grace. Father, I pray that we would be a people who would take that free gift, that we would understand your love for us by you giving us the warning, uh, the warning of a coming judgment, and that you have prepared a place for us to come into for salvation. Thank you, Father, for the amazing grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.